There are two houses up the block that have flags inside of their garages that say Trump 2020, enough of this bullshit, which is like, oh, you know. Can you burn it down? Well, I know which houses I'm going to egg on the night before fucking uh, Halloween <laughs> now. I'm bringing mischief night to fucking Goose Creek, man. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I had a, I had a, um, a, a, what did, what did we used to call them? A Chris, um, <laughs> a Chris moment? A Chris moment. That's what it was. Yeah. You had a breakdown on a single mother again? No, 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 no. Okay. I was keeping up international family relations this weekend. Uh, international. <laughs> yes. So, um, I, I'm sure that you've seen the coverage of the 16 year old Swedish, yes, uh, um, climate, uh, change person who went to the UN, gave a speech. Yeah. Okay. So lots of people are getting on her because she came to America to give that on a yacht. On a wind-powered yacht. Yes. Um, people are, are picking on her because she takes a train places. And she she rightly points out that train has less carbon emissions than a car does. Sure. So people are basically, like, picking on this 16-year-old who has stood up for her generation and, and basically went to the UN and said... You guys are looking to us to save the planet, but it really should be you guys. Right. Like, we're we're too young to do anything, so why don't you guys wake the fuck up? And she said shame on you a lot, which... Yes, she did. You know, what the fuck? That's, it's her position. Lots of people are getting behind her, so whatever. So, about six months ago, I had a Facebook um, friend request from a... Um, I guess a distant cousin living in England. Okay. Um, I didn't reach out to this dude. This dude reached out to me to be my friend or whatever. And over the course of the last six months, it's become apparent that he is in America. He would be a Trump supporter. He is oh. pro Brexit. He's standing behind the Boris Johnson guy. Who's an absolute bigger idiot than fucking Trump is. Wow. Um, routinely calls, uh, brown immigrants derogatory things online and I was getting tired of it and I was going to def uh, defriend him anyway when last night he put up a thing where he basically he puts up a picture of this 16 year old climate change activist and says what a privileged I think he said something like what a privileged little bitch I'm really tired of this cunt. Wow. So I was going to write something and I said, 
nah, let me just leave it alone. Let me go to sleep. It'll be fine in the morning. It won't pop up again. First thing I, I refresh Facebook this morning and it's the first thing that pops up. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't care. So I, I, on his post, I said, well, what, what bothers you about this? The fact that she's 16 years old and she's standing up for her future. The fact that, um, she's using, and she, she admits in her speech that she is privileged. Like she was like, and that's why I can come here and speak to you guys. I said, is that, are you upset because she's using her privilege to bring light a global issue that is going to affect everybody? Are you upset because for too long, like angry old white men have just tried to make themselves richer off of the backs of poor people while they try to roll back climate things that are going to affect the planet? Like, what's your beef? And I sent it off and I didn't think anything of it. And I went back on Facebook and he had posted. He didn't write back to me. He posted on his page that he had upset a snowflake. (laughs) And this whole fucking thing about like, like I should just mind my own business. It's blah, blah, blah. So I put something on that one and I said, snowflake. I said, you're the one that called a 16 year old girl a cunt. I asked you what was bothering about about what was bothering you about that. And you didn't write back to me. I said, the only thing that bothers me is how, however am I related to a huge fucking wanker like you? you know, call me a snowflake. I might get a little fucking angry, whatever. So he immediately defriended me. Oh, so I'm just keeping up family relations all over the world. Now, is he an American living overseas or he's a, he's a Brit? No, my family half are from Germany and half are from England. Okay. So this was a guy on, it's my grandmother's side, um, of the family. My, my father's mother, uh-huh. Um, who lives, this dude who grew up all in fucking England. And, okay. Um, you know, first of all, you're calling a 16 year old girl, a derogatory term, right? Like, and this dude has a daughter and the daughter of mixed race. Oh, you know? And it's like, really? Yeah. So it's like, really? Like if you, if somebody called your daughter a fucking cunt, how would you feel about that? But he didn't want to argue with me. He didn't want to like write back his position. He just called me a fucking snowflake. And it was like, no, right. uh-uh, fuck you. <laughs> it's like up until six months ago, I didn't even know you existed. So I'm not really going to feel bad if, if we have a family falling out over this. Right. So yeah, that was, that was yesterday and today. <laughs> wow. I haven't done it in a while. I've kept my mouth shut. Yeah, but, keeping the international relations open there. That's great. Well, you know, watch what you say. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, so anyway. Wow. All right, then. Way to start it off being political. Uh, you know, you know, I. I happen to agree with, with the 16 year old's stance. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's not, it's not, um, their generation's problem. It's everybody's problem. 
just because the things that these old white guys are enacting is going to hurt people after they're dead. Like this generation coming up is one of the first generations that can really do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I applaud her for getting up in front of the United Nations and stating her case. Sure. And, you know, anybody who's like, oh, look at this privileged little white girl. It's like, <sighs> because you won't let brown people fucking talk in the U.N., apparently. Like, sure. So she's going to do whatever she can to bring to light this problem. And it's everybody's problem. I have a nine-year-old kid. Like, it's, she's going to suffer for the actions of the people that are in power right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't fucking like that. So, well, like I said, if you have a daughter and you're calling somebody else's kid fucking cunt, I'm going to defend her. Well, good just... for you. <laughs> good for you. Thank you. I don't do too many good things, but when I do, it usually <laughs> pisses off the whole family. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we know how that goes. Yeah, well. <laughs> I just wonder whether or not it'll get back to my immediate family here in the States. Does your immediate family in the States know who this guy is? Uh, my, my father does. Knows who he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're not close or anything. No. I mean, it was one of those things too, where I don't know how that side of the family found this side of the family on Facebook. Hmm. But, like, this dude was friends with me and my father. Okay. And I don't know if my dad will see what I wrote. I mean, I'm fucking 45. I can say what the fuck I want at this point. Sure. So, although the last time I did that, it didn't end very well. No, it didn't. <laughs> it was very contentious for a bit. Yeah. Well. The, the, um, the family mediator is no longer with us, so I don't know what's going to happen if, you know... <laughs> if this goes the distance. Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, all right, sorry, I didn't mean to get political. It is what it is. Wow, well, that was good. All right, well, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> no. There's other uh, things to talk about. Okay, like what? Well, there was news this week that, that Sony and Marvel have made up for yes. at least one more movie. And we'll do another MCU-based Spider-Man film. Yeah. Which seems... uh, The way that I read that was that Sony sat down to figure out what the next Spider-Man movie was going to be. And say, well, everything that this touches is in the MCU. Right. So how the fuck do we do this? Well, and apparently Sony has the, the rights to 900 Marvel characters. Yes. So that's kind of amazing. I didn't know there were 900 Marvel characters. Well, and it's it's like 900 characters within like the Spider-Man yeah. universe. So yeah, I mean it's it was a huge chunk that that Marvel gave to Sony back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I kind of feel like it was their way of saying like we don't really know what to do with this, especially since this touches your universe. Right. What if we make one more and you guys help us and basically close the door on the MCU and then that way we can take our characters and do whatever the fuck we want with them? Yeah. They won't have to worry about continuity or whether or not it's canon. They can, you know, I guess it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing for Sony. Yeah. And, and once, 
once this comes out and then the next Sony film comes out and doesn't do quite as well. Right. Sony will be like, well, what the fuck is going on here? And they'll see that it was the MCU who was kind of the, um, the, the driving force behind their Spider-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I guess they had mentioned, um, they made it a point when they were bickering back and forth that Kevin Feige had indeed worked on every single version of Spider-Man that you had ever seen. Right. Like he was, he was apparently behind the scenes on the Sam Raimi films. He was behind the scenes on the Andrew Garfield films and he helped with into the spider verse, like not on behalf of Marvel, but like just making sure that like it was the best versions that they could do. And then Sony fucked it up in the editing process. Sure. But, um, I truly feel that like once you take Kevin Feige out of it and, left to your own devices you get a Venom movie sure or a Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man 2 film and they're just not fucking good well you know maybe this is this is how we're going to wash our hands of it and say "All right, we'll do one more we'll agree to it here's what we want Mm -hmm. and you know when it tanks and it's a piece of shit and you decide to do, you know, Spider-Man the musical, <laughs> more power to you. But haven't Enjoy. They, they already done Spider-Man the musical? Yeah, they did. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> they have Spider-Men falling out of the ceiling and hurting themselves? Isn't that what happened? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There were multiple Spider-Men <laughs> in that show. Uh, yes. Is that still running on Broadway? Oh, God, no. No? Okay. Oh, that died painfully. Oh, okay. I I didn't know. However, the 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 costume for the Green Goblin was very terrifying. Oh, okay. Stuff of nightmares. <laughs> uh, well, actually, well, I mean, and actually, the Craven costume was cool. The lizard doc, you know, the lizard guy was cool. Yeah. The bumblebee guy was cool. Okay. Swiss Miss. <laughs> Swiss you know Miss. Who Swiss Miss was? No. Swiss Miss. She's she's uh. uh was she a Spider-Man villain? Yeah. Villain Swiss. Swiss Miss? Yep. Oh, okay. A serrated villain created by Tamor and design and designer Iko Ishioka. Mm-hmm. First time in superhero history characters powers are toothpick and fish scaler. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's that's weird. Yeah. Wow. Apparently there was a whole sequence in the show where she went uh shoe shopping. <laughs> okay. Sorry I missed that. <laughs> uh yeah, but the show was horrible. Uh, I mean it had Bono involved, it had Julie Taymor who did the Lion King involved and she was a little batshit crazy. <laughs> She demanded that they have functional holograms in the theater. It's like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Green Goblin costume. That is weird. It's very disturbing. Although the Craven head is a little disturbing, too. Yeah. Like, it's twice as big as, like, a normal head. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But, I mean, so in other other 
kind of related news. They also mm-hmm. revealed this week that Kevin Feige is working on a Star Wars film. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, he he basically has been on record being like he's so busy in the Marvel universe that he didn't know when he would have time to talk about or even consider doing like X-Men. Right. And shit like that. Now all of a sudden it comes out that he's working on a, a Star Wars film and not just a rumor, but like Disney said, Oh yes, that's exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of wondering if Disney has reached almost a breaking point with Lucasfilm. Um, I don't know if it's a breaking point with Lucasfilm, but I think it's a breaking point with Lucas. Okay. That this is now going forward. This is not your mother's Star Wars. Okay. I guess what I'm this alluding is to a completely brand new thing. Yeah. Do you think that Disney would step in and replace Kathleen Kennedy with say Kevin Feige? Uh, anything's possible. They just um, convinced the vice president in Disneyland, who is responsible for Galaxy's Edge, to um, seek employment elsewhere. Oh. Whoops. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing because Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney, is getting ready to step down. Is he, though? Well, that's you what, know, that's he, what said he said it before. Yeah. But he's starting to air laundry that doesn't feel like he's going to be sticking around. Yeah. He's he's made it known that that like if Steve Jobs had still been alive that he feels like Disney and Apple would have merged at some point. Mhm. Um and he also started to talk about just the what went beh- went on behind the scenes when Lucas sold Disney the Lucasfilm Star Wars archive stuff. And apparently um, George Lucas told him that he had three treatments for the next three movies. Right. And Bob Iger said, that's great. We'll buy them from you. Um, But with no guarantee they would actually use them. Right. And from what I've heard, the three stories were not going to be good. (laughs) But heard it from where? Like, like, I don't know. I, I have a hard time not thinking, well, see, I don't even know how to say this. Like, like, um, Lucas is the father of Star Wars. And sure. if he's got an idea that wraps up this thing that he's created. Mm-hmm. Is it really worse than The Last Jedi? Is it really worse than shit that we've seen already? Uh, When Dad gets Alzheimer's and goes a little crazy, (laughs) do you just keep feeding it? Well, I mean, I guess it it depends on on what those ideas were. Um, Well, apparently he was going to get into the minutia of the midichlorians and the wills and the wills being the actual custodians of the force and 
it just seemed more and more episode two. Okay, but they've they've covered a bunch or of that three. stuff. Like, like the um, they have covered it. The the Clone Wars cartoon touched on that stuff. Sure. So then, basically, it's it's kind of like a complete story, right? But how how many times do you have to tell the same story? Um, I more mean, times in Super not, Leia. If, okay. George had no had nothing to do with Superlea. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like like I'd rather watch a thing that explains the midichlorians into more depth and the reasons the wills are there and all this other stuff to round out the universe than whiny Kylo Ren. Sure. Or Snoke, where you just kill him off and you, there's no fucking payoff to a character that's Is he really up. gone? I don't know. See? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just kind of feel bad for George Lucas because you're feeling bad for a guy who got $4 billion. Yes. I would think he'd get over it. Well, possibly give me $4 billion and I'll let you know. Okay. Well, look, I, I understand I'll that. I'll tell you something. What do you want? I understand that, that $4 billion to you and me is, is like fuck the rest of the world money. Sure. But I mean, this is a dude that, crafted this universe and mm-hmm. and has lived with it since the 70s and it's kind of I, I would assume that it's kind of hard to watch that universe get destroyed in a way where you were thinking like your best bet was Disney because they would honor the legacy that came before it and they turn around and they give us The Last Jedi and I, 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 there's, there's a large part of me that blames Kathleen Kennedy for this. Okay. Because she, she was very aware of what George's story, like, and like going into it, what, like, sure. was, he ex- thought it was going to be. I can't say expected mm-hmm. because Iger did say that they made the comment that he, they bought them without the, without ever saying that they were going to make them. Sure. But I guess it's better than not buying them. And then those stories are out there for him to publish and say later on, this is what the idea was going to be. Right. Which doesn't stop him from talking about them. No, but he doesn't. It also doesn't, he doesn't strike me as the guy that's going to go on somewhere to do that. No. Like, fuck Bob, Bob Iger. Here's what the real story is. And this is what I was planning. Oh, but wouldn't that be a great interview? <laughs> oh, it would be amazing. <laughs> I think that would be amazing if he sat down and was like, all right, here you go. Which one would you have rather seen? Super Leia flying through space or this? You know? I don't know. It just, it it seems like... I don't know. And maybe it's, it's hindsight. Maybe it's the, um, the, the Zack Snyder effect of the, the justice league thing where you know that there's a different story out there that was done and you just have a feeling like that story is 10 times better than what they've given us. Mm -hmm. 
and everybody wants to see the Snyder cut of Justice League, but Warner Brothers will never do that. And I kind of feel like it's the same thing for Disney. Yeah. That that they might have been a continuation of the midichlorian thing, but in a way that was gratifying. But Disney's not going to let you know that. Disney's going to uh, be like, well, you know, it, it's far better the things that we're doing. Well, but based on the prequels, yeah. which Lucas had a hand in. Okay. Would you trust him to tell the story further? Here's okay. Here's here's the thing with that though. I personally liked ninety percent of the prequels. Okay. Um I thought Phantom Menace was probably the weakest one of the three. But the idea of seeing the Jedi in their prime and the Clone Wars and how certain things came to be. I don't get caught up in the in the idea of the prequels sucked and George Lucas raped my childhood with the prequels. Like, sure. I kind of look at them for what they are. I'm not a I'm not a fan of Phantom Menace, but the other two I, I can sit down and watch and at any given time. And people will say, oh, the acting's terrible and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, it's a a set of films that make Samuel Jackson look wooden. (laughs) But at the same time, it feels more like Star Wars to me than Phantom Menace, not Phantom Menace, um, Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Those, and I've talked about this before those two films and I'm like with, with leaving out solo and rogue one, those two films feel like a fan film to me down, like down to the comedy that has been placed in them down to the way that they're acted. Like my biggest pet peeve. And I'll tell anybody who will listen is the way they fucking turn on a lightsaber. Okay. The they handle everything wrong. And it feels it feels very much like a a fan film to me. And mm. Rogue One felt Star Wars to me. Okay. And Solo for the most part felt very Star Wars to me. Mhm. Um Solo suffers from I feel like the movie was too dark and not like story wise dark. I mean like just filmed dark film dark. They, they did this thing where they had practical lighting outside of the Falcon cockpit. Mm -hmm. So anytime that they're in there, like they're being illuminated by the projection screen outside of the, the cockpit. Uh huh. And it doesn't feel right to me. It feels too dark. It feels, it doesn't look like the Millennium Falcon. And even, okay. even inside when they're back playing hollow chess, the inside of the ship seems too dark. Um, and I know that that's just a remnant of filmmaking from the seventies where everything was evenly lit and mm-hmm. you were exposing for the film and not a digital signal and blah, blah, blah. I get all that, but it still feels like, um, the newer trilogy of films is less Star Wars as it is Disney's attempt at Star Wars. 
And I think Gareth Edwards, who made Rogue One, and uh, Ron Howard, both are are more leaning towards the George Lucas way of making movies, and not so much the Disney way. And I think, okay, I think when um, who are the two guys? Lord and Taylor? Is that the the two guys that got fired off of of Solo? Uh, God, I don't remember. I think, I think that's their names. Um, you know, it's also a department store. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Then. Okay. I know one of them's name was last name was Lord. Um, okay. I thought it was Savior. Um, I feel, I feel like they were let go because they had a different way of making films that, Disney wanted more in line with Star Wars and they got somebody who could handle that. But like, you're also talking about a guy who was under Lucas's wing for Willow. Right. And has always kind of not emulated Lucas, but like used what he learned from Lucas in order to tell stories. So it comes off more like a Lucas Star Wars film than like a Disney one. Mm-hmm. And I like J.J. Abrams. I I liked his Star Trek films, but his Star Trek films suffer from the same problems as his Star Wars films. They feel like an homage and not a continuation. Okay. One of the things that bugs me about his first Star Trek film is that at the end, Kirk, who was a cadet in the beginning of the film, is automatically a captain of the most advanced starship that that the fleet has that's never been the way that star trek works and it it feels like that with his star wars stuff it's it's just on the cusp of like could be a star wars film but it's not you're you're dealing with people who are fans but they're not they're not like totally like super fans or like the people that would understand all the minutia of the star Wars universe. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now. You are. I'm sorry. I don't know if that made any sense, but I personally going back to your original question would like to see what the final three films would look like from the creator of the franchise. Okay. Even though, like Lucas has always said, this has always been a film, a group of films that should have had different directors for every episode. And while he didn't do that for the prequels, I think everybody can can get on board that Empire Strikes Back is probably the best Star, Star Wars film of the group, and that's not done by Lucas. Mm-hmm. He was there. He was a producer, but he was not the director. Right. But he had a hand in crafting that with Irvin Kirshner. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it comes down to no longer being the target audience. That it's at some point, you gotta say goodbye. 
Okay. And you and you don't want to say goodbye, do you? It's not that I don't want to say goodbye. I I fully expect that from here on out, the things that are made are not going to necessarily be for me. Sure. However, this story, the Skywalker saga, uh-huh. started with me. Sure. And I think to see it end has to kind of be for the same audience. Mm, let it go, Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> you just get to that point where you're serving a dying audience. If Disney were to continue to make traditional 2D hand-drawn animation, they would continue to go down in popularity because all the audience wants to see today is 3D. Okay. So that's what Disney has decided. They're not going to do hand-drawn animation anymore. They're going to do 3D, whether it's their own studio or Pixar. Right. And they're going to do live action. Right. Because, you know, apparently today's audience wants to see TV movies. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's kind of what they have all felt like. Okay. It was a, you know, a, a journey back to Oz kind of, oh, it's an unofficial sequel thing. Right. And, um, you know, it is what it is. I guess so. But okay, looking at what's coming up from Disney in the world of Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Who is the Mandalorian made for? A crossover audience. So am I the demographic for the Mandalorian? You're half of it. But if you don't watch it, they really don't care. Because they want new people. They want people who are going to be fans of this franchise for another 40 plus years. Okay. And you got what? 20 years left? Hey. That ain't cool. Okay, 50. 15. Hey. Uh, hey, you know, you keep pissing people off and <laughs> messing with international relations. <laughs> it's not going to affect my lifespan. Shut up. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I see it. I see it as it's, and I've said it before. It's like they gave you the chance to say goodbye because you just want to hang around. <laughs> but, doesn't mean they should change what their plans are. I want to then if, okay, if Disney was going to do that, then they should not, when they bought Lucas film and all that shit, they shouldn't have said, we're going to do these, um, three films that take place with the Skywalkers do three new films. Like, like I, I'd get behind like, the the Game of Thrones guys are going to do a, a trilogy that's outside of the Skywalker saga. That's sure. That's cool. Like, like maybe I'm the I'm the demographic for that. Maybe I'm not. Whatever. But the further adventures of Watto. <laughs> but it's not like, um, they like they're touching the saga that I grew up with. Right if Disney had said, we're going to be making new star Wars films and it's not going to be a continuation of 
episodes one through six, I'd be okay with that. But they're saying we're going to do seven, eight, nine. Right. And we're going to continue that story, but it's going to be so different than from what you're fucking expecting that like, it's just going to be fucking terrible. Finish either finish it the way that it was meant to be, or don't make them in line with the original six. Well, but there, this is no different than somebody purchasing a, a classic downtown building and then tearing it down to make the parking garage. Technically, Disney spent their money. Whatever you have to say does not matter in the long run. I know. But I'm allowed to have an opinion. Everybody's allowed <laughs> to have an opinion. That's what makes America great. I'm just saying that some people have different opinions. Well. And that's what makes us Americans. You would think that Disney would want the broadest fan base that they could sell to. Well, they do in that there are still elements of the original trilogy that are paid respect to at this time. Oh, yeah? They like Han Solo going out like a bitch? Well, yeah, that too. But is he really gone? Yes, he's really gone. Are you sure? Yeah. That could be the big reveal that Kylo Ren takes off his mask and it's Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> or Harrison Ford was Snoke the whole time. Now, see, I'd, I'd pay money to see that. Yeah. I think you have to come to the realization that in the grand scheme of things, which basically is all about making money and not about art and history, you don't matter. I know, and I get that. And the sooner you realize that, the happier you will be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a company that, that in order to push their film to be the highest grossing film of all time, re-released a film when the film was still in theaters mm -hmm. with not new footage, but a deleted scene Yeah, as a, as a cash grab to say, Ooh, look, we have the highest grossing film in the world ever. Sure. And they fucking did it again with Spider-Man where they were like, Hey, we want more of your money. So we're going to put in a deleted scene that you saw in the trailer mm -hmm. and um, you're going to come back and you're going to give us more money because that's just the way you fucking cheap are. It's not about quality. It's about quantity. Oh, of course. Of course it is. I miss the days of quality. I mean, why is there Frozen 2 and Aladdin 3 and <laughs> Lady and the Tramp 2 and Cinderella 4? And well, it, it's all about money. It's not like, oh, these are such wonderful characters. We have to preserve them. We have to keep their story going. It's like, no, we're making money by pimping out little <laughs> girls, having glitter put in their fucking hair and, and plastic glass slippers <laughs> at 120 bucks a pop. Yeah. Because that's what America is. It's a capitalist country. Yeah. And it's all about making money. Soon to be socialist, but whatever. Sure. But if they were to, so if they were to go back and film 789 with the exact same cameras that Lucas used and the exact same live models and practical effects and everything 
what audience would that take? What audience would, would immediately gravitate to that besides you? Well, I'm not saying film it with the exact same cameras, but... Well, I'm just saying it's just a, another example of why the films today are what they are. Right. Because things have advanced technologically, things have advanced culturally, that, you know, it's okay. It's like, you know, I mean, how many black people are in A New Hope? <laughs> right. So, it's just different. You don't have to say it's good or bad, it's just different. And that's all there is to it. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, do you want to see a 90-year-old Mark Hamill rolled out in a wheelchair giving advice to somebody? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd do it. Well, yeah, I mean, he absolutely would do it. But, I mean, you know, let's face it. Today, we, we could make the new trilogy with the original cast and not involve any of them. <laughs> And just do everything CGI, and that would attract a certain audience. I guess. I mean, I just, again, I feel like if you're, if you're going to do those films based on the films that came before it, mm-hmm. honor what came before it. Sure. I just, I feel like they don't, and you're right, like, I'm not. I'm not who Disney is selling to. Sure. But at the same time, I, I don't know. If, so, if they okay, if so, they had come out and said, we're going to just do films based on the old Republic, then that would have been fine. Sure. Well, think about today's audience. Do you think that there's a chance that anybody of the last... The, the the Y, the Z, the me generations would know who Lucy and Ricky were if it weren't for colorizing their original shows. Because, I mean, I kind of feel that like colorizing all that shit was kind of a travesty. Well, yeah. But you brought it forward to a new generation. But... Did we? I mean, how many Lucy and how many Lucy fans are there of like a younger generation now? Well, they're not. Or, or what was it? A couple of years ago, Fox did a Christmas Story the musical as one of their live shows. Right. I mean, a Christmas Story is an okay movie. It's got a lot of nostalgia behind it. Right. But to to redo it in a new format and then to change the best scene where they're in the Chinese restaurant <laughs> and they don't go fa-ra-ra-ra-ra, <laughs> why bother doing it? Right. What? I'm sorry. It, it happened. That was a product of the 1950s. It's a historic accuracy. Right. That's like going back to redoing Raiders of the Lost Ark and taking out all the swastikas. Right. Either you're going to respect what it was or you're going to create something totally new. 
But in those in those and circumstances, Disney is taking the route that they are going to create something totally new. But it's based and on... And they have had success with it. Clone Wars was successful. Rebels was successful. Resistance is now successful. It's just a different audience. Okay. I guess. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I... I Maybe, maybe I'm just getting old. Uh, you are. We all are. I know, but I'm. I I am. OG seventy seven nerd. It's man. time to step aside and let little fifteen year old Swedish girls <laughs> <laughs> take over. She's not arguing for Star Wars. That's She's arguing for the planet, man. I'm being the douchebag. She doesn't want it to turn into Hoth. <laughs> Actually, it'd be more like Tatooine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> be hot or be no we water. Get ice age. <laughs> okay, fine. It's just not for us. <laughs> it's like when Saved by the Bell went to college. <laughs> it wasn't the same. <laughs> okay. When the Brady girls got married. Wasn't the same. No, I guess not. When Gilligan got off the island. And then went back. And then went back. I fought the Globetrotters. That's right, with robots. Evil. Yes. Hmm. Ah, oh, good times. See, this is what it feels like to be obsolete. No, I'm not obsolete. Can't You're not? You can't make me say that, no. I still have some good years left. Do you? Yeah. You sure? Yes. All right, if you think so. Uh, thanks, man. It's <laughs> trying to make you feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what else is going on? You watch any of the new TV this week? There was new TV this week? There was new TV this week. Like what? There was Stumptown with Colby Smulders. No. Where she plays... Uh, uh, detective kind of character in Portland Mm-mm. wasn't bad I think I will watch another episode um, there's Evil which features the typically creepy Michael Emerson being creepy and psychopathic <laughs> that I'm definitely going to watch more of Okay. Um, it involves a therapist who is um I don't even know if she's a therapist for, per se. A woman who is definitely an unbeliever, who thinks science can answer everything. And she is invited by somebody who works for the Catholic Church to come in and help them with these very bizarre cases that can't be determined by science. Okay. And it's a really interesting premise. Um, I'm going to see where it goes so far it's pretty cool uh, another one was Emergence in which there's a plane crash and the only survivor is a little girl and she's got powers possibly um, hmm. and then also um, Prodigal Son oh, that's, Fox that's the one with, with the Michael dude Shane. from, from yes. um, uh, Walking Dead 
And good omens. And good omens, yeah. But like um yes. the dude yeah, that played Tom Jesus. Payne, who yeah. played Jesus. Yep. Very different look for him in short hair. Uh-huh. Um but the 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 premise is that he is investigating um serial killers and one of them is now basing his crimes on his father's serial crimes, right. serial killings. And it's it's interesting to see where it's going to go. Because the father, is, Michael Sheen plays the father, is, is very much manipulating his son every step of the way as an opportunity to spend time with him. They've been estranged for the past 10 years, haven't seen each other. All of a sudden, his son's back in his life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Is it weird watching Michael Sheen as a serial killer after he played an angel? Yes. <laughs> a totally different character. Very dark. Very disturbing. <laughs> he looks a little bit like Booger on um, Supernatural. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. How yeah. how was the uh, season premiere of SNL? It was typical. <laughs> uh, it started with Alec Baldwin as Trump uh-huh. and then there was another sequence where they had the Democratic um, debate on impeachment and you had um, Larry David as Bernie Sanders again you had Maya Rudolph come on as Kamala um, Harris, Harris. Yeah. Um I I I didn't feel there was any and Woody Harrelson was the guest star. Right. It was it was okay. It's not hilarious anymore. <laughs> the political stuff is kind of heavy-handed. It's like oh, we've done this before, but we're going to do it again. Look, <laughs> here's the girl is Rudy. <laughs> here's okay. the guy is Pence. It's like okay, we've seen this. And damn it, the new Asian guy was in almost every fucking skit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like when they had the first black woman, they made sure she got camera time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he didn't really do anything that was all that hilarious. The only thing that was really funny was during the news segment, uh, Keenan Thompson played Big Poppy. Oh, really? Talking about his recovery. And um, moving forward, and you know his his big poppy character was all, um, you know what they have in Dominican hospitals? They got mofongo. They got that. They got that. You know, <laughs> listing off all these foods. Right. You know what they have in American hospitals? Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But overall, it was just kind of eh. Okay. The the closing skit was Aidy Bryant and Kate McKinnon as two spinster sisters who own an apple farm that's not really good. (laughs) (laughs) And they're trying to sell their $45 an hour to take home $10 worth of apples in a bucket. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Whatever. It, It was okay. Just okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I watched a SNL episode all the way through um i've seen bits and pieces but well i fast forward through them (laughs) 
because the musical guests are people I've never heard of because I'm not the audience. <laughs> you're not a big Billy Eilish fan? Is that where you're Billie Eilish? No. Yeah. I thought it was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Not me. Okay. But, yeah, we got a new rookie Sunday night. Yeah. Um... So there's there's stuff coming. Yeah. It's coming. Final season of Arrow. Mm-hmm. Batwoman, although Ruby Rose just almost like lost her life doing a stunt. Yeah, she had to have emergency neck surgery. Yeah. That's fucked up. So she'll be doing the rest of the series in a in a, in a back race, like <laughs> old Bruce Wayne yeah. from Kingdom Come. Yeah, I mean if if they don't have yeah. like Bane show up and break her back. Like, that'd be amazing halfway through the season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I'm going to watch Batwoman, at least in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know how long I'll stick with it. Because I'm, I'm definitely not the audience for that. Yeah. Um... Um... Bob Hart's Abishola uh-huh. it's going to get cancelled <laughs> oh, yeah? it's the guy from Mike and Molly playing the guy from Mike and Molly and a African woman who's his nurse after he has a heart attack and it's really odd that he's suddenly attracted to her and he starts kind of giving her gifts and <laughs> like mm, it's kind of creepy <laughs> The Connors are back. Yeah. Um, Darlene and, and David are doing it. Because, oh, you know, Johnny Galecki has nothing to do now that his series is dead. <laughs> oh, that's right. So is he on there, like, full time now? No. But oh. he did a few episodes last time. At least one. Maybe two. Oh, okay. I mean, the only new, the only TV that I've watched in the past week really is um Penn and Teller Foolish. Okay. No. Um The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. I heard that's good. It's amazing. Like Really? Okay. I'm I'm not a huge um what's his name? The creator, Danny McBride fan. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of his stuff is derivative of the same thing. Like he's, he only okay. really has one character and he just puts that character in a different situations. Yeah, I, I okay. liked vice principles when that was on HBO. Um, but there's the righteous gemstones. You think it's going to be one thing in the first episode and it completely ends on like this really weird twist. And you're like, Holy shit. Okay. I've got to come back and see how this resolves itself. And every single episode has been um, a play on like these religious pastors who have one face to um, their congregation and a completely separate face when they're not in front of anybody. And they're also going for how much male nudity that they can fit into a series because it's on HBO in the mighty gemstones yeah in the righteous gemstones righteous gemstones there, okay there is a shot 
where you know who Walton Goggins is, right? Yes. Okay, so Walton Goggins is in this as a as a older preacher. There's a shot when you're first introduced to him where he's in a bathtub outside, like staring at the mountains. And he says, yeah. all right, we got to go and stands up and in the shot in half of the, the frame is Walter Goggins cock <laughs> in all its glory. Like it's just now, are you sure it's in, it's not a prosthetic like well, Wahlberg and Boogie Nights. Possibly. I don't know. But there's a there's a scene where these guys break into a church and they get caught. And instead of calling the cops, they make the guy strip down and run through a mall completely naked. And okay. they are not being shy about showing the male penis. Um, okay. It's just all kind of like up in your face and it mixes religion and that kind of humor. And um, I'm a little biased just because it's shot in Charleston. So a lot of times when they're out and about, I'm looking to see where I can figure out where they were when they filmed it. Okay. Um, but it's really, really well done. Um, it's got John Goodman in it and John Goodman is, has been just like epic in his, like he is the, the, um, the main pastor of the super church and he's lost his wife and he's having to deal with his three kids that are also like pastors and stuff. And, um, he's just, he's just awesome in it. So if you don't get enough of them on the Connors, you could always, um, watch the righteous gemstones. There hasn't been any John okay. Goodman nudity yet. So, you know, just throwing that out there. You never know when it's going to show up. Hopefully there's not. <laughs> uh, good times. Um, but that's all. That's it's like those two things. And like, I'm waiting for arrow to start just because I kind of want to get it over with. Yeah. They say it's going to make you cry. Um, whatever. I would really hope that they move forward with the future arrow. They that are. they showed us last season. They're, they are. They're, they let it slip that they were working on a all-female um, spinoff of Arrow. With Huntress and the Canaries and all that? Where it's all in the future. Like, everything that they've been setting up in the future with the Canaries and Laurel and all that stuff, that's going to be the main gist of it. Oh, but what about Oliver's son? Well, I'm sure he'll be in it at some point, but um, they were basically saying that uh, I guess Stephen Amell let it slip that he's not in one of the episodes of Arrow this year. Okay. And it's an all flash forward episode. Mm-hmm. And that is the backdoor pilot for the, the new show. Oh, okay. So, I mean... They have Supergirl, they have Batwoman. They're gonna have an all-female Arrow spinoff. Hmm. Um. You know, it it seems like the WB is gonna get to a point where I have to say goodbye. Okay. To those shows. And whether and it's really gonna depend on how um, Flash goes this year, whether or not I stick with it. Okay. Like I'll watch I'll watch up to the crossover, but. We'll see what happens after that crossover. See what happens after 
that. Yeah. Okay. Because if it's another speedster villain, the that he's got to outrun, and you know, I just don't know if I can handle that. Hmm. Okay. So. But yeah, I'm I haven't watched a whole lot of TV this summer. Well, there wasn't much on. No, but there was enough things where I was like um like chugging through stuff. Um like Letterkenny and stuff like that, but um I, I don't know. It's I think my my TV viewing habits are just getting less and less the older I get. Yeah, I did check out Fleabag on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime after you know their big Emmy win. Yeah, couldn't really get into it. No. Yeah, no. What's it about? Uh, a woman <laughs> <laughs> who's kind of horny. That's okay. kind of the gist of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll remember not to. Yes, remember not to watch it. Yes. You never know. You might get into it suddenly. Be like, this is the best show ever. Yes. I don't know. I just don't feel like there's a whole lot on that. You know. I'm going to be interested in this year. Yeah. Uh, all right. You got anything? Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. What? You used to, you, you're a big collectible guy, or at least you used yeah. to be. They announced yeah. all the Star Wars toys this week. Yeah. Was, was there anything that caught your eye? Well, the 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 new carbonized figures look kind of cool, where they've got like a metallic finish to them. Yeah. Um, but I I think I'm getting to the point where I need to limit my purchasing. <laughs> okay. Because it's just gratuitous. So debate debating what I'm going to do for uh, Force Friday. Triple Force Friday. Triple Force Friday. Coming up. Yeah. The, so, uh, yeah. The only thing that I really saw that I was like, um, I would have any interest in is like the Mandalorian stuff. Yeah. That stuff looks cool enough to where I was like, all right, maybe, maybe like those are the things that I would go after, but. I just seen everything else and I'm like, eh, like there's, there's not really a whole lot there that I was like, eh. yeah, that's kind of where it's going. There was a Boba Fett figure from, uh, in the old Kenner colors. That was a San Diego comic-con exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like ridiculously hard to get a hold of. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of getting to the point that, Hmm. Maybe I'm gonna cut back. <laughs> wow. Just, just you know, letting go. This from the man who used to carry a list with him. Oh, I still do. Do you? Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't want to accidentally have two of them. 
I remember I'd be out and I'd see something. I'd call you and be like, hey, do you have this? Yeah. And you'd look on your list and be like, no, I don't. Okay, I'll get it for you. So, yeah, so I'm not sure. I mean, there's eight new figures coming out on Friday, and then there's more stuff down the pike, and it's like, eh. (laughs) You know, whatever. Fair enough. All right. You got anything else? Uh, no. No. All right. Well, if you want, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast dot com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. It's John. Have a good week. You sound like you were going to say something. No. Nah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs>